Hello, and welcome to the MCAP Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. This is episode 162, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today, we have a packed studio to discuss and examine all the things that happened throughout 2019. Um, so I guess we'll introduce the guy who felt the need to open a can right next to the mic, Keith Marku. You just got to do your thing, man. From Old Mother Brewing Company. Hello, uh, hello world. Uh, we also have Abby Casarella and Jim Bachman from the Brewers Association of Maryland slash growing Fortify in all of its value-added architecture groups. Agriculture. Ag- agriculture. <laughs> not <so> architecture. Architecture. <laughs> We I could, had like three sips of beer. <laughs> we can build a f- agricultural products. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and last but not least, John Burroughs from your local brewery. Because he's pretty much everywhere. All of them. And also very far away from the microphone. Hello. <laughs> um, this was a very poorly organized on my part podcast, so hopefully it'll be inter- interesting. Uh, it started out where we were just going to have John on to talk about his little side hustle, uh, Maryland Brewing Industries Incorporated. Maryland, Maryland Solutions. Brewing Solutions. Solutions. He doesn't even know who I am. He's finishing up uncast or uncapped this year with uh, no changes. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Are you ever prepared? I mean, I think once or twice I was. <laughs> 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and thank you, Abby, for joining us last minute so that it wasn't a room full of white men with beards. You are welcome. Least I can do. Um, so what do you what what does everyone want to talk about first? Should we go down the list I read or actually I think Jim's suggestion of a rundown of what happened uh in the legislature this year is a good place to par- start because mm-hmm. it had such a large impact of um the climate in uh, Maryland. You want me to go ahead and uh, give a yeah. rundown? Also, I want you to talk more in the front of the microphone. <laughs> Does yeah. that sound better for you? Yeah. Wonderful. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, this year was great for Maryland's breweries. Uh, we got two huge pieces of legislation moved through uh, Annapolis. The first one is the Modernization Act that went forth that basically increased some of the limits for Uh, certain classes of breweries to be able to sell beer on premise. It gave people some new contract options for contract brewing, and it uh, really kind of just makes Maryland a more competitive landscape for breweries to open and operate when we're looking at what's going on here in the Mid-Atlantic. The second big piece of uh, legislation that went through is kind of an industry-wide impactor. Uh, What happened this year was that the franchise reform bill uh, was passed into law and that allows uh, breweries in the state of Maryland to uh, determine whether or not they're in the best relationship with a wholesaler that they're using and if they feel that they're not they now have a unilateral way of removing themselves from that situation to go on and build a stronger contract relationship with another wholesaler or to uh, take on self-distribution rights and that seemed to and although uh keith you were already signed on with the distributor before that change right yeah we had already signed on with the distributor um but it it seemed like shortly after that there were a lot of breweries that signed on with distributors that 
were kind of on the fence at first because of the previous uh, laws that pretty much gave them a lifetime mm -hmm. marriage to that distributor. I think it's a tough business decision, and Keith can probably speak to it uh, pretty well, but to, to know that you're going to hand the rights of your business and your brand over to somebody indefinitely uh, and give them the power to determine what's going to happen to your brand in the marketplace, maybe not always with the most uh, equitable outcome, uh, it's kind of a, a tough thing for a small business owner to think about. Yeah, especially with such a young young business and you know, at least from my perspective, you know, Nick and I don't have any professional background behind what we have now, uh, which is almost five years old. Um, so it is tough with a little bit of ignorance coming in and trying to make a good decision for your brand to move forward. Probably closer to a lot. A lot of guys. ignorance? Yeah. Yeah, well, we like to have a good time, so <laughs> we just, like, kind of aim in the general direction and go for it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it certainly helps. Uh being able to have uh you know some more options to to talk about nick does most of the distribution side of things so we obviously of course both came in with uh the decision to join back up in their team uh together but he handles most of the stuff and i know that uh you know per brand there's a franchise form that we have to fill out for the state of maryland so i'm not actually sure whether a distributor has ultimate rights over the entire business or just the brand that you give them. So, you know, with backup beverage, we have all of our brands under them, but I know flying dog and some other breweries, they have five or six distributors that they work with. So depending on the relationships that you build with, it depends on territory. Chesapeake or bond. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, cause backup statewide, right? Backup is the entire state except for Montgomery County, which, <laughs> which yeah, I no think one. is most, yeah. <laughs> most distributors will not, and that changes by distributor, too. There are some that are all-or-nothing distributors where even if they won't distribute to a specific county, they won't ask you – they will ask you to refrain from signing with another distributor just because oh, okay. they want the ability to say, hey, we represent them in the whole state. Um, there are some that will let you kind of piecemeal the state and say, hey, you know, we know you have great coverage and relationships in this area. Uh, we know you can handle that. Do you mind – being our representative in those areas and then we'll find somebody else in other places but usually they want all of the territory that they can cover mm -hmm. which is it makes sense why not you know <clears throat> so it also seemed this year was a much uh less contentious uh legislative session that there was um it was more collaborative as a whole the industry publicly has worked very hard over the last couple of years to make sure that we uh, came to the representatives in Annapolis with a plan that seemed equitable to not only the the nearly 100 small breweries in the state that were asking for changes, but also to the wholesaler and retail uh, partners that are involved in this whole chain. Uh, we also really had to make an effort to ensure that uh, the bad behavior of some of our members and some of our consumers was... Uh, uh, acknowledged and that we kind of apologized for some of that you know things got very contentious in the last few years and we had people who were you know mentioning how ill-equipped some of our leadership may be in annapolis and it, that wasn't fair it mm -hmm. was just a lack of understanding of what was happening in the industry and i think that this year we were able to uh, move forward after giving um, our legislators the tools they needed to understand the industry we were able to move forward with something that was going to make everybody happy uh, um, so I think that 
so does that cover everything legislatively that we need to for beer it does i just wanted to also state that for the spirits industry there is a huge uh addition this year which is the ability to go into a maryland distillery and uh purchase a cocktail in their tasting room it's giving uh distilleries across the state a great opportunity to showcase their products in a way that's not just come in and sample a raw spirit Uh, it's adding a new revenue model to these distilleries and it's making them uh, even more exciting tourist destinations. Yeah, it's nice to uh, for consumers to be able to go in and try spirits in a way they're most likely going to drink them instead of just doing a tiny little shot of uh, gin or yep. <laughs> of vodka. Um, so actually, maybe we'll, we'll uh, that was a high note. So why don't we go to a low note? Because despite um, the advancements legislatively that was made to help um breweries we did have several closures through were there ones throughout maryland or was it just really frederick that was hit there are a few Who, what were the uh, the the yeah, other ones within question. rubber rubber salt was oh that this yeah year? Or was yeah that, that was no. 2018 i, I think it was this year they did close huh. oh yeah, yeah 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 they they uh didn't know that yeah but I don't know. Are they Maryland? Are they Ocean City? Yeah, they were. Like yeah, they're out in the Ocean City is well. Well, I know it's Ocean. Maryland. <laughs> they're in Eastern Maryland. <laughs> Just in case you, uh, listeners don't know, we don't get out of Frederick much. <laughs> fact. Yeah, fact. Do you want to broach the so, subject of closures or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think I think that's a we'll get that out of the way right away uh, quickly since it's I think it's the only down subject we have on our agenda. Because overall, it was a great, good year. Mm-hmm. I think you really have to look at the quality of product, the market, and what consumers are looking for. Um, I think there's still businesses, breweries that are opening up and kind of ticking all those boxes off. But there is um, there is a lot more competition now than there ever has been before. And consumers, I think, are more... Um, they're more intelligent consumers. They know what they're looking for, and they know that they're what quality they want to see in their product. And if you don't have that, they're going to go to the place that's right next door. I'm not sure whether it was a Brewers Association article or uh, some other some other beer source, but like right now is the worst time to open a craft brewery because there is so much mm-hmm. quality and quantity. I mean, you go you go to a liquor store. I mean, there's there's hundreds of one style of beer. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what is happening right now? So it's it, the market is uh, the market is certainly tough, and I know that just even the local breweries that um, you know have decided to to close their doors. I feel like every every one of them has their own unique story and you know mm-hmm. real reasons why things didn't work out. But man, that just goes to show you that the the market's competitive, and like you were saying, Abby, consumers nowadays that consume and purchase craft beer they know what they're looking for and uh that education and and those sorts of things it's not going away well i think to even as recently as at least in maryland it was probably already this competitive in other um areas of the country that already had large numbers of breweries yeah but at least in maryland all you had to do was make good beer to survive and flourish but now that's just that's the bare minimum of what you have to do to to you have to have a full fl- atmosphere and yeah engage the people i'd almost even say atmosphere is more important than than the liquid i mean 
yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, I hate to say you know, you, you can agree. throw you can throw a subpar beer out on the market and have a kick ass place, and you'll you'll sell that beer all day long. I think that that's a very interesting perspective, but it seems to be pretty accurate. Um, even at some of the larger beer events that I've attended across the country, you walk in and there are beers that are not hitting a quality mark that you would expect when it's sat beside other beers that really are are killing it in terms of uh, execution. And it's not enough to have good beer anymore, Uh, especially in a place like Frederick. We have so many talented brewers here. We have great businesses that are operating, and they're all vying for similar customer it's not enough to just have a great beer in the glass. You have to provide a good atmosphere. You have to provide the guests with things that to do when they come to your brewery and to keep them engaged with your brand. And I think that that's going to be a big challenge for some of the real small breweries who may or may not have any additional staff other than the brewer owner operator or, you know, people who are coming in and helping them uh, on the weekends, but aren't really committed full time to the business it's going to be very difficult for those brands uh, to really excel, I think, in this landscape. In terms of overall shape of the industry and maybe the the climate here in Frederick specifically, I think that closures that may have happened in Frederick were definitely due to the demand of an educated consumer. There has been a 20-year history of really good beer being produced in this city, and the consumer knows what they want and they know what styles they're looking for. And if they can't find those in your brewery or if you're not uh, flexible in your your offerings enough to at least entice people to come in the door, you may run into a situation where you're not going to be open very long. Because yeah, overall, there was still a large increase in the uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that four percent is the number being used and overall in the u.s there are over eight thousand breweries the first time to ever surpass pre-prohibition numbers yeah which really is unbelievable although when you consider um how many more people there are in the united states compared to Mm pre-prohibition like per capita it's probably still fewer breweries but Still a big number. Yeah, it's still, yep. still a, a whole big lot of number. Yeah, it's crazy. So Keith, as the only one here that owns a brewery, at one time brewery owners were always saying, "Yes, more welcome, uh, more <laughs> people." Um, oh are, no, I feel like I'm. Are, are you? Is it fitting that I'm in a corner right now? Yeah, and you can't get, <laughs> okay, you can't okay. get out. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah, that's um, right. Are you getting to the point? I will flip this table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it getting to the point where in your head you just think? All right, guys, I just wish you'd stop opening new breweries. I mean, yes and no. Um, I I think certainly here in Frederick, and I would probably not be the best one to speak on this, uh, Abby and Jim probably have data on how many breweries have opened in the state and kind of where the epicenter is. I mean, just in the four and a half years that we've been in Frederick, Frederick is is crazy. But, you know, you you think of uh, Howard County and Montgomery County and and those other concentrated areas where, like, Astrolabs opened up and Sapwood Cellars. And, I mean, there's clusters of there's clusters of breweries. Um, I don't know what sort of what what sort of pool, you know, Columbia has. I know that Frederick's got a a pretty decent size population. Um, I think the biggest no in terms of come on, bring it Frederick is that. 
you know, business owners in Frederick all compete for the same customer Tuesday through Monday through Thursday. You know, you, you don't get the Montgomery County folks or, or people from wherever to come in for the weekend on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, um, you know, and, and get that quote unquote tourist economic activity. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I know Frederick's certainly growing. You know, there's condominiums and apartments and townhouses and schools and everything going up everywhere. So, you know, over time, this, the slow growth of people moving into Frederick um, is going to have, uh, I think, a, a positive impact on kind of that, that regular traffic. Um, but, you know, talking about a saturation point or, or a bubble bursting, I don't think that, I don't think a bubble bursting is the appropriate terminology. Um, I know that that's kind of been thrown around the past couple it's years, the, but well, I think anytime something becomes popular, everyone wants to talk about when it's going to die. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, you know, let's all be honest here. Alcohol is not going to die. No, people. It turns I out mean, people like to get drunk. Well, I mean, or <laughs> just then, you know, it's it's a stress here. relief. It's a <laughs> it's a social activity. I mean, you know, this weekend we had a birthday party. We had two birthday parties, a baby shower. I mean, people like congregating around. Um, Good alcohol. Good, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and it it's just uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, okay. but it was, so, well, so, here, so, no, so, stop real quick. You can st- – <laughs> I, I, I just realized how long we've been talking, and we need to stop and take a sponsor break. Um, so you think about how to get back on your train <laughs> okay. of thought while we stop. And Let me curb my ADD here real thank quick. Thank our sponsors real quick. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, on spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? All right, Keith, do you remember what the heck you were talking about? No, Jim wants to jog my memory. He's got something to say about saturation. Yeah, and- yeah so we were chatting a little bit about this uh, concept of the bubble bursting and saturation in the market. And there are articles every week written nationally about where is the saturation point and where will the bubble eventually burst. And I think one thing to keep in mind when you're looking at what's going on in Maryland is that we have pockets, like Keith mentioned, where we are achieving a critical mass of breweries instead of saturation points. We're seeing areas like Frederick and like Montgomery County becoming destinations for people to come visit and explore a variety of breweries in one place, rather than feeling as if just because you have Idiom across the creek from Attaboy, they're at such tight competition that one of them is going to put the other out of business. What it's doing is it's encouraging somebody to go to Idiom and then take a trip 250 feet across the creek and walk down into a new pleasant experience and try new beer at a brewery that they may not have known about and frederick's breweries and this goes the same in howard county this goes the same in montgomery county they're all promoting each other they're talking about where you can get a two-minute car ride up or a five-minute uber trip over they're not talking about oh i don't want you going over there because they're going to put me out of business and i think that that is going to be the difference. Maybe when we see the bubble really nearing this burst point, you may see people being a little bit more contentious towards keeping that customer to themselves. Yeah. So, it, and Keith, you had 
one of the points you had made was one of the things I've heard like negatively, not even negatively towards, but the only time when just on the, the negative side, the, the rising tide <laughs> thing isn't completely true is during the weekdays. That the that well, I mean, the I've never liked that. I've never liked yeah, that. It's such whole, a what cle- is I've never I just never liked that. Um, but it, I mean, the, the the fact of the matter is, is the more breweries that come into an area with only so many people, everybody's eating from the same pie. Yeah. Everybody's supporting their family and supporting their business from the same group. And that's perfectly fine for me, for me to say, oh, you know, I, I don't want any more Frederick breweries to come in or I want I, I would like to see some breweries close doors like that's 100 percent. Which one do you not want to true close? at all? No, it's oh, like I, I don't want I would I would not want any Frederick brewery to, to, to shut down like yeah. that's just and I, I I don't know. I haven't asked, uh, you know, Brian or Mike or anybody specifically, but I guarantee you get every brewery owner in Frederick in this room and say would you guys be happy if a few more shut down no because we're all we all have a family we all have in family i mean like our own family but our staff like yeah i love my staff and i i, I want to take care of them and make sure that that everything is good i mean there's just there's so much passion and so much drive into what we do um that's why you know it's it's like positive and negative but it's mostly positive i mean the you know Nobody's going to be uh, building a portfolio to sell to Anheuser-Busch these days. Like, there's just too many craft breweries. There's, in fact, well, I mean, Big Beer is, is struggling because so many of us small guys are, are, are doing well and flourishing. Um, so, yeah. but, you know, like, that that's business. You know, we opened up four years ago, and in that time frame, six or seven breweries have opened up, three distilleries. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot more uh, craft in town which is awesome so and you've only continued to grow yeah yeah i mean the the growth is certainly slowed and you know that's that fits projections i mean you can't grow 100 percent every year until you're just like i don't know wherever but um you just have to you have to change the game and you have to stay creative and uh be smart about spending and projecting and that's what being a business owner is all about I th- I think that the cliche rising tide thing is a little overdone, but it's definitely true. I mean, even looking back when Old Mother opened, they have come leaps and bounds in terms of quality and consistency in their releases, not only from scaling up their, their production space and you know moving into a new brewery, but generally hearing the feedback of what's going on and seeing what's going on in a town like Frederick to be able to s- produce the beers that they're producing now and continue to do those is amazing yeah just and a couple months ago he made me tell him i didn't like his beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's when we first opened i mean you know but i think good competition beside you is going yeah, to force the best out of you and that's yeah. what the market 100%, is all about 100 percent. yeah i don't i don't think i don't think the beer you as old mother is producing now is even comparable to what you were no, first putting out no it's opened. not and it's, i mean you know that's not that's not a slate at all i mean when you put Two people together that have a passion for homebrewing and a passion for drinking beer together, but don't have all the science and the dynamic of the professional environment. I mean, but we grew into it. Yeah. So. So in you, you've kind of talked about this previously. Do you think a brewery can open like that now and survive? Or do you think if like, so say you take your opening three years ago and just do replicated just right now today. 
do you think you would have been as successful? But you'd be a lot harder. Not as rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Nick and I have a lot of charm. So, yes. Well, no, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually, I there's think a that's, lot to that. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Does. I mean, you I mean, know. that plays into it because I definitely agree with what you said earlier yeah. about the experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that and it didn't take you a whole year, the first several months to make really good beer. Oh, like, yeah. Um, Man, but, our first brew day. But I think um, I think what got you through those first several months and got you a following was you and Nick and yeah. was the environment that you had created in the. Yeah, one of us was behind the bar every hour we were open for the first two years. And I think that speaks volumes to the relationships that we have and the OGs that we, you know, the old mother originals that that are still around. Um, you know, those friendships were built on good conversation you know around around good beer and the that backing and that kind of confirmation as to man we quit our jobs to do this like <laughs> was it was it the safe thing for our family um and not just like jobs uh, at uh some place making minimum wage no no i jobs. mean we both had pretty pretty solid careers yeah, you didn't with quit retirements your, yeah, you didn't quit your jobs you quit your careers <laughs> yeah yeah true i mean yeah that's true but, um, I mean, no looking back. You know, we're wrapping up 2019, and uh, we hit our goals for production and sales, and we're, uh, we're increasing those next year. So, all is good, man. And that's the kind of success story that comes out of this yeah. whole uh, environment right now. Is yeah. You hear people who are committed to, to doing what they're doing, and they get it done, and then they move on to the next year, and they're ready to go again. Yep. Mm. Do you think the days of a brewery making it to national – possibly even regional distribution or over i don't know that regional well, regional being smaller yeah regional yeah. being like um I, I don't know like 12 states half uh, i guess regional would probably be more just <laughs> i think it depends like, on the the ownership's desire to be what they want to be in the marketplace i think that there are going to be brands that will come out and probably get some national distribution um but i think the obvious answer is the answer that we're seeing in just about every state right now and especially in maryland where it's a tasting room focused experience you get to come in you get to learn about what the brewery's about you get to learn about the people that are there the beer they're making and you get to take that home with you uh figuratively and literally you know you can take growlers and crawlers back with you but you get to take that experience with you and share it with the people that that you know would be into it and Breweries are becoming destinations rather than retail stores becoming a destination for beer. Um, so I think uh, I think that's enough of talking about the talking f- about beer. The f- yeah, actually, <laughs> right. beer. Done talking about beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. onto those nuggies. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, enough talking about the fictitious bubble bursting that everyone. I mean, what? The, how, how long has that been talked about now? At least. Probably three years. Ever, ever yeah. since, yeah. <laughs> well, longer than that. Yeah, yeah probably. And the yeah. Pilsner's going to make a comeback. <laughs> well, you know, hey. <laughs> I, love, I love a good Pilsner. May. I will drink this all day long. Yeah, but you're that's in the industry, pilsner. doesn't count. That slow pour true. Pilsner you and I were drinking in Denver was oh, money. Everybody was drinking that. I am jealous, though. That was so I'm good. I'm jealous. That was probably the best Pilsner I've had in a very long time. Dude, the, that experience sounded, uh, sounded real good. Yep. <laughs> um, you guys got snowed in. You didn't get snowed in? No. Oh. No, I thought a, you got snowed in. It was a light dusting. <laughs> <laughs> Planes don't fly in light dustings, man. No, we got snowed in. Okay, bro. 
<laughs> it was a Union came out with the slow pour Pilsner, right? Yeah, they uh, just recently announced that. I don't know if they're going to do that ongoing or if that was a limited release. How long does a sm- slow pour Pilsner take to pour? Like three minutes? It was like three and a half solid minutes something seconds for them to, to pour it properly, and then it was sitting, so the foam would come back down below the top of the glass before they'd serve it out. So it was. I waited like five and a half minutes in line for one. Was it good enough to wait five minutes? I would have done it five more times. Huh. Wow. Really? I just ordered two at a time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> John's the smart guy. He is a smart John's guy. the smart guy. So it's kind of just um, <clears throat> it's the Guinness version of a Pilsner. Where we where you're supposed to, you know yeah Guinness yeah Guinness takes uh, about Guinness that same time to pour Sorry, right. Right. Um, we're gonna take another quick sponsor break and then. We'll talk about the mergers and acquisitions that took place in 2019. Are we going to talk about Maryland agriculture at all? We can. Sure. sure. we got a lot to talk about. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Agriculture? Yeah, what man. What aspect of it? All Just of it? Every, yeah, everything. Maryland sustain, Maryland's going to sustain itself. Are we going to build a wall? I already no. started. No. <laughs> of grain bags. <laughs> <laughs> right, we could build a moat. We'll be yeah, right we'll build a note. Yeah. That's a smart uh, Fill we'll it with right beer. Back. The NCAP podcast is brought to you by District East. A lot of Friday and Saturday afternoons, you'll find me at District East for their weekly beer tastings. District East is part of the local beer community, and they get limited releases and exclusive beers that are hard to find anyplace else. This is why I chose District East for the release of my collaboration beers. One of my favorite things to do at District East is building a custom six-pack. With over 900 beers on their shelves and new beers every week, District East is a great place to find beers I love and to discover new and hard-to-find ones. They also have eight beers on tap for Crowler and Growler fills, and they have kegs to go. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. So 2019 also saw some large mergers and acquisitions. Um, I'll list. I probably don't even have close to all of them. Actually, I don't because I didn't do any of the A, B, and BEV ones. Because no one cares. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, what's more to say? Uh, like, we don't want that to happen because they're bad. <laughs> um, but we had uh, Ballast Point become... I'm, s- I'm still confused about that. That yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, I have no the, idea what's happening. Th- there was actually... Um, I can't remember. Some publication did some actual reporting. And <laughs> Whoa. And they didn't just do the shock, yeah, the, the yeah. shock article? And it, it started to make more sense. Like, those people just have a ton of money. I mean, it, it's well, right. Really, I mean, anybody who's can buy a one billion dollar brand has. Yeah. Well, well, there was they a didn't, lot. They didn't pay that for it. There was a lot written into that too, which was that Constellation probably had to swallow a huge pill, understanding that that was a huge overvalued. Well, they've already sure, sure. over the past few years, they've yeah. already taken. They've been huge, writing it off. Yeah, they've done huge write downs yeah. on the. Um, but let, let me to do the tune of like almost fifty percent of the value of the business before last year. No, they wow. sold it for way less than that, though. Um, well, let, let me just, let's just do a quick rundown of what I think shit. were the um, <laughs> the top three. There's the Ballast Point, uh, Dogfish Head, and Boston Beer merger, which mm-hmm. that is definitely not a merger; that was a buyout. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, 
and New Belgian going from an ESOP to being owned by a Japanese company. That's for, yeah. that's for the most recent, isn't it? Well, yeah. that uh, in Ballast Point. Ballast, 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 Ballast was the most the recent. Then. Is it King and Coward? Or King and, King what is it? And Kings and King Thieves. And King. No. The, yeah. No, it's Kings and Convicts. Kings, Kings and, and Convicts, convicts. yeah. yeah. Because it was playing off of their, because one of them is um, a king from the English. <laughs> one of them is, is a king and one is Australian. Right? Yeah, there was one hmm. from the UK and one from Australia. It's yeah. a hell of a story. Um, but so they, that. Um, so do you want to start with that one? And yeah, work we'll our start way with that line? one. So on the face of it, it, it did make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, and I think. At this point, everyone could agree that there's no way Ballast Point was ever worth a billion dollars. <laughs> it was, it was, it was worth, worth it to somebody. somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a I, sucker born every minute. Yes, <laughs> um, but then if you look back, because the I wish I could remember who did the reporting, because they they did so did like a good rundown of why it was such a failure. That one Constellation Brands just had. Is that the right? That yeah. is. Constellation Brands had no idea how to sell craft. They knew mm-hmm. how to sell um, Corona. Corona and Modelo and like what they had. So they just tried to cram Ballast Point through the same channels and sell it the same way that they sold those brands, and it didn't work. Um, so in, in that article, they also said how – you we addressed that too, that over – the course of three years they had taken several write downs to i think over 50 percent of so about 500 million dollars worth of write downs uh but this kings and thieves or is it thieves what? kings Let's, and convicts who just yeah. meowed <laughs> there's a meow right somebody heard it there was, it was a meow that just came through i'm in airplane mode i didn't hear a meow is there a cat does in your here phone meow? it doesn't no. <laughs> i've literally just said meow <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one who heard that <laughs> um <laughs> sorry um <laughs> yeah maybe there's one on the table i'm just know. making sure there's no are you kid. able to oh it was out. john yeah. was I that am, you no. theoretically it could be edited out but you know I just the put banter is good I, <laughs> there was actually a whole section of a podcast well, that case. i needed kitty, to kitty, edit kitty. out and we talked That's about needing to edit out and then roasted maple stout i completely mm. forgot to edit out oh, whoops. <laughs> that's borderline uh roasty versus dessert stout it's got a really nice maple finish i tried it on draft the other day which one fabulous. is this oh, it's roasted maple stout so anyway, that as would I be was uh, saying, that would be an OG that you drank at Beard Beers and Brats. I remember year. having that one there too. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So as I was saying, <laughs> okay, sorry, okay. sorry, Chris. Okay. Um, the one, the kings of the kings and convicts, convicts um, uh, owned a chain of hotels and had recently sold them and was a mergers and acquisitions. Uh, specialist so he knew how to get the financing and leverage assets to purchase ballast point and also the sale was reportedly for 65 million dollars but it's not only (laughs) but it it wasn't only it's not only the brand like don't they have like five or six tasting rooms all throughout the country so it's like the whole they get everything except for the brewery in virginia right yeah yeah yeah, including the tasting rooms and restaurants yes yeah i mean some of them had already been closed but for but the properties that were still extant come with it yeah and they'll open them open them back up so when you look at it for how cheap they got it for comparatively to but Kings and Convicts was already planning on 
creating from nowhere a national brand. They had a huge Wisconsin brewery plan that they were going to build. So now they're just absorbing the now whether it's going to work or if it's going to or they're going to be selling it for twenty million dollars in a few years, yeah. who yeah. knows? But yeah. that I guess it, fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> from what I've read about this whole situation, the thing that I think is the most fascinating is that um, one of the partners in this acquisition at Kings and Convicts tells the story that basically all I had to do is ask. I was in the right place at the right time. I mentioned that I might be interested in buying Ballast Point, and all of a sudden, over a couple of months, here it comes into fruition. Hmm. That's not that, I didn't see that. That's not hilarious. that anybody was shopping the brand, but he keeps saying it never hurts to ask. Yeah. Like, hmm. how do you do that? How do you take this billion dollar brand and acquire it as a brewery that I think they brewed under 1,200 barrels last year? I think it was less than that. I think it was 600 and something. It yeah. is 600 barrels. Wait, is that on site consumption sale? No, that was how much. Well, that all, the, all they are <laughs> that's currently crazy. is a tiny little tapper. You're yeah, talking that's crazy. about a brewery that at its, at its heyday was producing over 460,000 barrels a year. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, that they, is just. They, they dropped to 200 it's this staggering. Year. Wow. 200,000? Yeah. So, wow. commentary that I've seen is a bunch of stuff about habanero sculpin and Ugh. style specific but if you think about it we're talking <laughs> we're talking four or five years ago that beer is like the highlight ipa at the time well the pineapple one was no, no. the mango the grapefruit the grapefruit, oh, it's a grapefruit. grapefruit. grapefruit is then mango oh, yeah. then mm-hmm. habanero and as soon as habanero sculpin hit the market everybody went haywire for it and then constellation People came liked in it? and picked it up Man, i think it was I awful loved that beer. Oh. it Ooh. was it, it was, was so a good bad. balance of spice and bitterness. I'm not a big yeah, fan I wish of peppered people would IPAs. Stop but make, trying to make peppered IPAs mm-hmm. a thing. You I wish people would stop making mango anything. I guess my You're point was this was, <laughs> <laughs> this was the first push from a national brand where you started to see these fruited IPAs really making an impact. And they weren't the fruited IPAs we're seeing today. It wasn't yeah. fruit puree put into a hazy uh, hazy beer that's going to, you know, come out and look drastically different it appeared like the ipas that it was competing with but it had flavors that were added to it that were not the flavors you would expect Mm. and i think that that's something that kind of paved the way for that brand yeah ingredients are one thing but the culinary like uh kind of design aspect of you know you put out a beer that you say tastes like a mimosa or a margarita or you know an old fashioned anything but beer. Yeah, anything <laughs> anything but beer. Anything but beer. But people, like you were saying earlier, people still want to come into an establishment and and drink a core like drink a traditional. Yep. So I think, you know, whether it's the Pilsner or whatever comes back, I don't I don't think it's necessarily one style. But I mean a classic pale ale, a classic West Coast style IPA. Oh, I love West Coast IPA. Those bad boys. Where can we get more of them? Yeah, You're man. Here. Altered. Yes. So we have yes. one. I think we're. I think we're dropping one this week. It's called Altered Course. It's a really nice uh, malt backbone IPA. Nice. Mm. That'll be good. How? Um, how it's going to be my slammer. Door, yeah, let's door dash some of that. <laughs> <laughs> how many barrels did Old Mother produce this year? Um, just under eight hundred. Yeah. So it's when I posted wow. that article to the Uncapped Facebook page, someone replied with Old Mother could have. Purchase ballast point like not interested. Com- <laughs> <laughs> I don't like fi- I don't like fish on my labels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and one of the commentaries I saw about like why they thought um, it was such a spectacular failure too is that ballast point had grown its popularity in San Diego 
and throughout California where they had a personality where the like people like had a love for the brand and the the brewery and then all of a sudden they tried to flood it everywhere and it just didn't it didn't work yeah. there have been several california brands that green have done flash that. green yeah, flash, yeah. Did flash it didn't work yeah. for them but their their Theirs idea was, was the same thing problem though yeah but it was the same idea well, it's, it's, they, all, it's yeah. always cash flow problem yeah it's they, always cash flow they thought they were going to have the same exact consumer in virginia beach that they had in California or know? be able to build it. Yeah. yeah. We are near a naval installation. We have tons of military supporters. They are they are the bread and butter of what we do. They support us because we're local to them and we are uh constantly keeping them in our mind. We moved to the East Coast. The same consumer exists there, but it's a different environment. Yeah. And then no one cared. Yeah. And then you know, you see Lagunitas a couple of years ago they opened in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, a huge facility there, and it doesn't necessarily redefine who they are, but it's this idea that to get to the consumer, does it make more sense to put everything on a truck and send it across the country, or does mm. it make more sense to come to the consumer? To mm-hmm. bring the experience. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, the the Green Flash thing was this year, too, right? Or was that I last, think that year? Was last year? Mm, it was last year. It was like super late last year. Do they even yeah. still exist anymore? Yeah. Or are they? Okay. Someone, yeah. someone bought the brand. Okay. Yeah, because I know they had... Like, they shut down everything over here. Then, like, a couple months later, they just shut down everything and filed for bankruptcy. But I couldn't remember what happened after that. Well, there was a big expansion <laughs> that went way east from California, and that was Stone expanding all the way into Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they closed theirs down this yeah. year. And uh, Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They closed the Germany. Well, they didn't they, go. They, they, they closed Berlin it. and sold it to BrewDog. Um, BrewDog. No way. BrewDog well, flipped it in one month. Yeah, it yeah. was. They just fresh coat of paint, new sign. That's right. Boom. Well, New Realm moved into Green Flash's space. New Realm is um, Mitch. Uh, Steel. Yeah. Yeah. From Where Stone. From Stone, yeah. yeah. It, nice. so, um, get, they're, they're, they're putting out some really nice beer. The Stone Berlin one, they kind of just took it over. Yeah, it was um, like a handshake over a beer. Turnkey, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Here you and go, the, take they're the still selling Stone beer at that brewery. Uh, yeah, my understanding is that BrewDog was going to take over some production of some styles on site yeah. to help them out. But I, I don't know how that's all shaken out yet. Yeah, as a, I, maybe as they should have brewed more Pilsner. <laughs> Slow pour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, have you have you watched that movie about the? The opening of that brewery no Mm-mm. it's really interesting called beer jesus and it it's there was a um an american filmmaker who lives right near where it was built so he documented the whole two-year process of it being uh constructed um and you could tell that it kind like he must have finished several months ago and it just had to kind of tack on at the end <laughs> what the 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 end result was um but it was uh and it was uh, like two um greg his name's greg right yeah uh cook what's his i name don't know how to pronounce it but it's um he, he was very can he's very candid about everything about why it failed and what well, went I, wrong what and, an interesting concept to be yeah. like you know our ancestors left this country with a history of beer we've come to a new nation and now all of a sudden this new nation is sending their turn of what beer is back to us and hoping that it succeeds and it's it's kind of a wild thing to see and i know that american styles are picking up in england uh you follow any of the really great english craft breweries on facebook or instagram and all you're going to see is americanized beer that they're producing Uh, and the same thing probably goes for most of continental europe i just 
I think in the heart of Berlin, that's got to be a really tough thing. No, that was actually the problem. What, well, one of the problems listed, it wasn't in the heart of Berlin. Uh, it was like 35, 40 minutes mm. outside of Berlin. Mm. So that's one of the errors he lists that he made. So is that urban life. That he was, mm-hmm. he was thinking like San Diego, mm. where there people, people will come. Yeah, people will drive 35, 40 minutes to no, man. Escondido to visit Stone. That's interesting, yeah. And, but in Germany, they are not willing to do that. And he also said that they neglected to remember that when they built the Escondido Brewery, they had already been around for a while Mm. and built a brand for themselves and were well-known, and that's why people were willing to come to them. Germans had no idea who they were and didn't know what they were trying to do. There's a lot of public transportation, too, in Europe. Yeah, you got to be right I mean, not everybody's got a car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a lot of public transportation and train usage in those areas. So, well, we take for granted what a 35 minute drive is, especially living in this area. Yeah, because you, know, you just yeah, minutes definitely could be here to Urbana on a bad day. Yeah. Sure, sure. But at the same oh, time, s- some days it could be from here to, to the other five side of Frederick. Yeah, If I can't walk to the brewery, I'm not going unless I'm going to be working there. But you start, <laughs> right. you start with Maryland Business Solutions. You can be regional. In most of the United States, in a matter of eight hours, mm. you can be in three other countries in eight hours. Yeah, there. you know that's yeah. a totally different experience, and I think that we take that for granted when we have people who are like, "Hey, I'm going to go hit, uh, you know, a brewery release at RAR this weekend, but I live in Frederick." Like, you're going to trek three hours both ways to go and pick up some cans at a limited release event. There are people who probably don't travel that long ever. Yeah. Right, that live right. in Europe. So right. why would they come thirty-five minutes or forty-five minutes to a brewery that they may For not a be beer. familiar with? Right, yeah. that's true. Um, actually, yeah. Let's take a one last quick break. Um, you got a lot of sponsors. That's great, buddy. Yeah, big things bills. happen for us in 2019. Congrats on Cap. We got a lot more to cover. You just got to get go. your we own do. shit we together. Do. How about that? We, can two, we might two need more two hours. more breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we got enough we'll, beer for two more breaks. All right, we'll be right back. Yeah, we I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Vanish Farmwoods Brewery. Vanish is a brewery and entertainment complex located on a 62-acre hops and apple farm in Luckett's, Virginia, just 20 minutes from Frederick, Maryland and Leesburg, Virginia. With over 20 beers on tap, a selection of wines and ciders, along with multiple food options, there is something for everyone. Vanish has live music on Saturdays and Sundays and a wide variety of special events. Go to VanishBeer.com for information on everything they have to offer. Okay. Oh, so you didn't need that? <laughs> my bad. No, I no he's got that. double motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't exist anymore. 2019 was not kind to them. Oh, Chris, the you didn't have to bring that up. Or the music scene. I saw 50% of double motorcycle the other day. At or the music scene? What do you mean, or the music scene? Well, um, I mean, Guido's closing. Well, well, you know, Guido's but I mean, there's other places. Keith, Keith uh, says, who cares? I host music all the time now. I know you can do. I, know. Can I say something about both of those places? Neither one of them fully embraced what was going on with local beer, and that's their downfall. I'll tell you what Blue Side's True. downfall was. Mm. Horrendous service. And <laughs> Terrible I service. Dude, it was it was, it was absolutely yeah. horrendous service. I will I will I will I will uh, I always tell the story. Well, I, I always laugh at Nick. So the I laugh at Nick. You know Guido's how they have like was just covered with mold. Uh, we all laugh at Nick. Well, Guido's had, you know, Guido's had 
they had some serious nostalgia there. They had Absolutely. some serious black mold problems. However, well, sure. they did go through a, quote, a renovation. And if you've ever been in the front bar, <clears throat> they didn't have dimmers on the switches. So what they did was they scotch taped coasters above the lights. Yeah. Oh. I went in there after the renovation and the coasters were still there. Wow. <laughs> nice. So I, stopped, I don't know. I stopped going there when one day I went in for wing night and I oh, no. there was a table in the back and I realized that I had dated or slept with every girl at the table. <laughs> they're having meetings. I have to go. <laughs> You're like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I saw a guy eat insulation out of the back no. room ceiling during a show Why? during a during a show How this big old this big old dude he had overalls on no shirt yeah. oh, overalls I know, oh, I know him is there any other but he was overalls? bigger than the bouncer yep. so the show's going on and this guy just starts punching the ceiling and the bouncer's like I can't do nothing about that. <laughs> He's ripping down the insulation and putting it in his <gasps> mouth. I'm like, dude, you're going to regret that. He's so high. That's like three cartons of Newports. <laughs> like, just oh, each bite. Just say, that ain't good, brother. Okay, so also. <laughs> sorry, 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 um, sorry. Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head merged. That's a wild story. It is. I, I, I think, though, like, th- that's a good story, though, don't you think? Two pioneers like, yeah. for yeah. the industry yeah. coming yeah. together to help each other. Right. You know, I ne- that is, I, ne- I think of all of the mergers and acquisitions that have taken place over the past several years. That is one you could look at. It was a win-win mm-hmm. for everyone. I think it's awesome. I think the consumer is going to benefit from a focus of quality from two great breweries yeah. with established uh, recipe bases. Uh, they understand the technology that's involved. They've all made really big capital investments over the last few years in ensuring that they're on the cutting edge of what's going on. When it, it actually, so one of the biggest things though is that it gets the um, the VC, the venture capitalists, off of Dogfish Head's back mm. for a return. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're they're free to do what they want again, at least per the press release. Mm. <laughs> When you look back at kind of the history of what Dogfish Head was doing, you know, the the idea of bringing a, an extreme beer into the marketplace and pushing that envelope so hard as they did early in the 2000s, it really kind of set the pace for what the consumer could expect coming to what's yeah. going on now. Mm. We're talking about experiences. Dogfish Head had a hotel. Yeah. At, right. yeah. You know, just down the canal from their property in uh, Milton, they were able to take people via boat from the hotel <laughs> I mean, to their on. brewery experience. It's incredible. And we were talking yeah. about BrewDog with the Stone situation earlier. They've opened a hotel in uh, Ohio. Yep. Similar situation. You know, you want them, you want that consumer captivated and, and surrounded by your experience. They have taps in their showers. Yeah. Yes. Pretty rad. Yeah. And there's like, there, yeah. like what? Every single room <sighs> has a tap in the And shower. I think even though, like, ridiculous. some people will, um, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go right after some this. Some people <laughs> criticize <laughs> Dogfish Head for various things, or, but, one thing you can never fault them, they never stopped innovating. Mm. He, like, yeah. They never just sat on their success and right. kept like they kept themselves relevant this entire time they've been open and pushing the envelope. Well, and they've done it in good ways. They haven't only done it through the great beers that they've made. And a majority of their portfolio has been 
exceptionally received. Mm-hmm. Everybody is in- excited to see a new release from them. Yeah. They have old standards that still stand out to people. The 120-minute oh, yeah. and the worldwide. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. Those beers mm-hmm. are still dragging people in. Yeah. But for them to come up with a, <laughs> a great relationship with Sony Music and come out and do all the great things that they were doing for Record Store Day and yeah. Sony Music releases and things like that, they found ways to innovate when things got challenging and as the market started to get crowded uh, that I think were really admirable. He still hasn't replied to my email, though. Mm. He's a busy man. I don't have bad In things fact, to say do about you, are you sure you Are you talking about Sam? Yeah. Do you have his official email? Yeah, he gave it to me. I was okay. hanging out with him yesterday. Okay. <laughs> we got a we got a cease and desist uh, three years ago. Oh really? Yeah. You've for, never talked about that before. For homegrown pumpkin ale. Mm. Oh really? It, it was just pumpkin. like a one time thing. We called it homegrown homegrown pumpkin ale because we accidentally grew nine pumpkins in the front of our old space. Uh huh. So we <laughs> used the pumpkin meat to brew that Accident. beer. We called yeah. it homegrown pumpkin ale. Got an email, and it was like from Sam. It wasn't uh, from Sam. Yeah, obviously. So I'm like, oh my god, Nick, we just got an email from Sam. So uh-huh. I, I emailed him. I emailed him back. Put it that oh way, gosh, but... you know, so great to hear from you. Thank you for. So did you, you know, call it punk in? Punk in, yeah. That, so that's yeah. what the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if anybody's not aware, it's incredibly difficult to find a name that's not yeah. been taken. Just look at hysteria the past uh, <laughs> the past month. <laughs> well, well, actually, I Feast mean, of Fools. We just got a we just got a cease and desist for from where? Yeah. Um, shoot. Who is it? Oh I God! I don't know. You're the one that got it. No, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's not New Belgium. I forgot. It's it's a it's a raspberry stout from. Can I just interject? It takes like two and a half seconds. Hold to on, type a I'm in airplane mode. I'm in airplane mode, man. Yeah, yeah. And and when Fe- yeah, feast of fools stout. And when you do that, you can see whether or not somebody's using the name. Yeah. No, we don't. Nobody's got time for that these days. <laughs> nobody's got time for that. So that now that is one of the. Is things it rogue? That, no, it's not rogue. That's magic hat. Magic hat. Oh uh, yeah. Well, they're not. Yeah. We have an idea for an apricot beer. Just say it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number ten. Yeah, Number exactly. 10. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or if you want to hit piss off both people again, just call it Aprahop. Number oh. ten. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Number ten. Um, oh man. The, um. Well, so that's one of the I things that... I think I just that, broke the chair. What are you um, doing over there? No, 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 I broke it. Well, thankfully, you're making a ton of noise while it. doing it, too. So that, that'll be... <laughs> Adds to the ambiance. I haven't Sounds touched good. the mic with my hand today. Uh, yet, Your probably. hand's been busy somewhere else. So the, um, <laughs> that is one of the things that... Put the advertising Why'd you look there. at Jim? Jim. <laughs> he looked right at Jim. <laughs> that is one of the things contact. that Dogfish Head is often criticized for is its... Um, it sends out a lot of cease and desist. Mm-hmm. Rightfully but, so. I mean, there's brands. Yeah, yeah, there's I, brand yeah, to protect. What, I don't. I mean, hey, listen, I'm not giving anybody a hard time for cease yeah. and desist. And what did they threaten you with a lawsuit or did no. you say like, no? Hey, I mean, it's always own, it's yeah. always a friendly letter. Yeah. It's like and, first and, one. You know, like yeah. small yeah. small craft breweries yeah. if like you us. Give them the finger and keep doing it. Then it's going to become. Sure. Uh, but how oh, like for the amount eat more beef sign. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's you know the 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 thing is is like Feast of Fools is a one time beer, so it's yeah. like yeah, it's a one time release. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll step back and we're not we we'll, you know we'll change the name. So to be the buzzkill in this conversation, Feast of that, Tools. That uh, that approach, that idea of well, whether or not we're we're treading on somebody else's intellectual property doesn't matter because it's going to be sold and gone quick. Is going to be very dangerous for the industry. Because people are doing it with almost flippant disregard for the fact that there are oh, trademarks some breweries and copyright. Are. 
and people are they're touting when it happens yeah you know there are mistakes that are made you you mentioned hysteria earlier yeah i feel like there's a pretty solid line in between what i'm saying and what you're talking about because there's like people who are doing like blatant trademark sure like right. stuff oh, sure. <laughs> so no, notoriety and B&H. things oh, we and it's totally stole the bnh they use the fact yeah. that it's a one and done to say Sure, by, sure, by sure. By the time the cease and desist shows up in my mailbox, It'll be, the we'll be done. Gone. We'll be done with the beer. Right? Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. That I think is going to be very dangerous because you're going to get people who are focused on stopping it before it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the that sort of thing from a from a brand owner. Like, do you, do you want to ride the train on that, like copying other people's stuff, or do you no. want to have your own yeah. identity? Like, I've never under I've never really understood like doing a beer like that like right. i just like that doesn't that doesn't build your own brand you're just like why is their success something you want to ride in on yeah and like you, I, you know you said feast of fools you didn't realize that was a no not at all we using. were just like what's well, a thanksgiving feast of you idiots guys. like us yeah you know <laughs> feast of fools like we really didn't think that it was like somebody else full of fools. yeah exactly but i mean copying a cereal <laughs> if, you, if you look at the label the trash panda there, we got the trash panda we've got the queen We've got our portal vision guy hanging there. Yeah. So it's like a whole collaboration. Uh, Brian Baltz, by the way. Bada bing, bada boom. Shout out to my buddy. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Nailed it. That is Nailed a great it. label. It's awesome. Yes. Where are your dinosaurs? The thing- dinosaurs? Yeah, you don't dinosaurs. you guys have the two uh, dinosaurs button heads? Oh, no. that's uh, Yeah, that's Contra Coup. But we yeah we were just trying to bring our brands oh, together. Oh, that's in what a label. you should have had on the table. A cooked uh, whatever. Cooked, that uh, cooked a rhino or. <laughs> Whatever, glip, no. Glyptocon? No, 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 Glyptodon was another beer. Oh, yeah, that was the... Uh, almost, almost one best of the best. Gri- <laughs> Grip the door. <laughs> which, <laughs> didn't, which didn't exist. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, some idiot proofread that one. Mm. Did you put it in? Yeah. <laughs> nice. the door, I love that beer. Well, it's called Glyptodon, so... Anyway, I didn't like the Glypton version because mm. <laughs> you're just you're just tied to the tandem biker. Yeah. OK. You always got to get that lick in. You always got to get that lick in. Uh, he was doing it with me for years. I, I'm just I'm waiting for the next question that I know is going to come. Which one? So I don't have to try because I don't have anything planned. When are we going to do another collab? Uh, I don't know. I don't need you. <laughs> OK, bro. OK, bro. That's cool. He's still That's pitching cool. red all over at Monocacy. Yeah. There you go. I don't need them anymore either. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, what are you doing, guys? Unkept podcast is open a brewery. <laughs> um, you better have a personality. So the Creek Brew Works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so then there was also uh, New Belgium no longer being an ESOP and being purchased by. So I feel like that one's solidly good slash bad. I think. Um, cause, well, because it's being purchased by a large Japanese <clears throat> beer company or whatever. The company's they are. owned by Mitsubishi. Yeah, so so if I buy we're gonna see beer at Ren Kirby soon. Yes. <laughs> Ren. Um, but go. the the longtime New Belgian employees were taking care of. I think it said the, the what the average employee was walking away with. Over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, over a hundred thousand dollars. So God, I should have applied. I know. Thanks. (laughs) So that aspect, I think, is good. Um, But 
I'm not quite sure what. So New Belgium was doing something that nobody else was doing. They gave ownership of their brewery well, to Harpoon. Dogfish. Harpoon did too. Wasn't Dogfish employee? New Belgium no. was the first. Okay. Yeah, New Belgium was and the first. And it's been going on for years. It was at the time it was a a huge move to hand over ownership yeah. of this business to your employees. These people were the ones that were working their butts off every mm-hmm. day in the brew house. They're selling your beer. They're working in your tasting room. The brand knew what they were doing when it came to handing that ownership over. It also sounds like those folks had the opportunity to consider whether or not the brand needed to be sold. It did. Mm-hmm. The During the press release, it said it did have to be approved by the employee owners. And to me... Majority share? What did that look like? Uh, it, did, oh, it, it didn't give any kind of breakdown or anything. Just that the... I'm sure it's like... I mean, it's sure it's like probably any vote that it it would have to be fifty one percent of voting oh, that, stock. Yeah. I'm actually Curious. surprised that the employees had voting stock and not just public comp. stock. Yeah, it was a true employee uh, a true employee ownership uh, layout. Uh, the yeah. landscape there was that the employees were the people who made that business, and I think that uh, to the credit of New Belgium, that was a huge move, and I think it was great for the employees and i think it was great for beer it set the example for other breweries to bring on an esop uh opportunity i think it put a little bit more buy-in behind the people that you were training and cultivating within your uh, brand's culture and it's really interesting now that the landscape is changing for beer to see that people who are so invested in that company and in what they were doing there are willing to take on this new opportunity it said that what I've read has said that they don't intend to fire everybody. People that are still working there are going to have jobs and be secure there. And if that's what they want and they want to see that forward, I think that's great. Hmm. I wonder, did um, do they own any other beverage companies? Or like, I, I didn't New look Belgium into, or the no the the company that bought them. So the company that yeah. bought them is Mitsubishi top and then it yeah. comes down to kieran yeah and then from kieran it splits off into a couple of other organizations so it's and like the there's three, an australian i think company. it's three lions is the australian company yes, that, that technically yeah. absorbs are New they Belgium. a be- narrow beverage company but they have other beverage okay. brands yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do with the company like i have a feeling ballast point I have a feeling the people that work at New Belgium are going to keep making kick-ass beer, and they're going to produce like it'll kind of be like a hands-off type thing, and just let them keep doing what they're doing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. I think New Belgium has had a great portfolio for years. I'm a huge fan of some of their uh, barrel-aged and fooder fooder Mm -hmm. beer projects. Mm -hmm. Like, man, they they set a they set a path that people were trying to follow, and I think that they're going to continue to do good stuff. Yeah, that was an 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 interesting one. I would have loved to have been one of the employee owners there right chad was yeah yeah chad worked there for a while <laughs> yep hmm. kicking himself now yeah because he probably wasn't there long enough to be vested was he not no. really and no then, under a year yeah oh and yeah then he went to oscar wasn't. or was it the other way around i can't remember the order he's down in florida now though yeah hmm. um so i think that covered all of the was there any other big ones that are worth talking about I mean, like Anheuser-Busch closed off buying the rest of the what the Craft Beer Alliance or whatever the name of that thing was. But yeah. like I said, who cares? And that was Widmer Brothers and yeah. brands like that, right? Yeah. Out of uh, Oregon. Kona and oh, right. whatever the rest of the, those were. Um, There were a couple other little ones, I think, that popped up where like the remainder of whatever independent stake they had was absorbed this year. 
you know, a couple places where like the last 42% or whatever was Wait, left Heineken uh, finished purchasing Lagunitas this past year, right? Or was that prior year? I'm not sure. Well, they did that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it Do we want to, uh, you want to look into the crystal ball and see what's happening in 2020? Everybody's writing an article right now about what trends are going to pursue into the next year. Everybody's Mango talking lagers. about. Well, that would be Mango good. Mango milkshake lagers. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Extra vanilla. Mango mm. pastry um, lager. <laughs> served on nitro. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, so that. At I room mean, temperature. <laughs> tap, tapping <laughs> next weekend at Old Mother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have my notepad out. <laughs> um, well, that, I mean, that's a good. Uh, we could segue into one of the other big trends of 2019, Ooh. which was hard seltzers Bleh. and uh, specifically White Claws and those types of... What are your thoughts if on If you're that? telling me that you've never enjoyed a seltzer, you're a liar. <laughs> I've never fucking enjoyed a hard seltzer. <laughs> He's drunk plenty of them. And that's not enjoy exactly them. right. <laughs> well, I guess I'll get this down my gullet. He's begrudgingly drunk. Doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it, though. <laughs> nope. You can't make me like this. That's right. <laughs> Not a fan. There's Don't no hate bo- the there's, basic game. There's Don't no body. The there's no body to it. I so like the beer because beer's got a body to it. There's no, there's nothing to a seltzer. The best story of hard seltzers that I heard <laughs> was the Instagram dude that got uh, cease and desisted by White Claw for the ain't no laws if you're drinking. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, and then truly that. decided to step in and send the guy a pallet of seltzer. Oh, yeah. and that's like, awesome. here you go. So with the whole, so big ups to Boston beer. That, um, yeah. True. Is truly Boston beer. I believe okay. Yeah. 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 I know. I know that they have a big seltzer brand. So yeah. is the, the comedian who made the whole video, <clears throat> but his whole shtick is he makes YouTube videos of like people. It's something, something after doing it one time. So it's like, um, it's basically any stereotypical type thing. So he did one um, after drinking one white claw. And Didn't it was like all the stereotypical things. And one of the key phrases in it, he just yells, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> As he's so, driving his tractor down the road. <laughs> so, so he made a shirt that said, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. And he was selling them. And he got a cease and desist oh. for it. So he posted on Twitter that he would be issuing refunds to everyone, and he was sorry for the inconvenience. Hashtag, I guess there are laws when you're drinking. Oh, claws. that's funny. Nice. And, and then got a cease and desist for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, truly, from their Twitter account, replied to him with something like, hey, we, we hear you're in somewhat of a hard seltzer situation. Um, we'd love to help DM us. We'd love to help you with your legal fees. Yes. Um, <laughs> One of the things in his video, he complained that the mango claws were only available in the mix pack or something like that. Yeah. So they, they said they were sending him a pallet of mango trulies. <laughs> um, and they ended it with hashtag ain't no rulies when you're drinking trulies. Oh, yeah. that's, nice. awesome. that's awesome. That's awesome. That is the power Didn't of Budweiser media. do that like back in the day? Like this one's for you, Mr. Number Two Eraser Pencil Maker. Yeah. What? Uh, it was the, remember that it was the whole no. series like, for this is for dedicated to you yeah yeah it yeah. was their whole series this is dedicated to you mr number two pencil maker guy oh yeah yeah, guy. yeah. <laughs> i do remember those now um so do you think that do you think that's a trend that's going to continue that the popularity is going to maintain or do you think that was a flash in the pan fad 
I don't know that it's a fad. The first time I heard about hard seltzers was sitting on a beach in Cape Cod and saw a plane fly by trailing a white claw <laughs> thing. And I was like, holy cow, what the hell is a white claw? What is that? I'm going to go and get one. I found one that night at the bar I went to, and I was like, let's try it. And, you know, it's a, a satisfying, thirst-quenching thing. Uh, like John, I prefer something with body, so I will always, always order a beer over a hard seltzer. But you but think I, with all the gluten intolerance and the sugar issues, yeah. I think that that is. I don't think it's a huge market. Away. I don't. Yeah, think it's no, no, it's go not away. going away because it's a it's a healthier healthier quote unquote option yeah. for consumers. Not your dad's root beer didn't stick around. Yeah, where did that go? Oh, it's yeah. still on it's, shelves. It's out, yeah, but it's they already made somewhere. Listen, hanging out hey. on the beach. Talk about becoming a diabetic after a drink. <laughs> yeah, right. those were gross. Jeez. They they brought all the flavors too, man. They had the root beer, cream soda, the orange drink, cream. I didn't know about those ones. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to make it happen. They were the uh, the pioneers of extracts, I guess. There are local <laughs> local breweries that are making the hard seltzer, and it's working out well for them. And yeah. I, I support <laughs> it. I think it's a great idea. May or may have been due to a bet. The other thing that I, <laughs> I, I may or may not know the guy that won the bet. <laughs> due to the popularity of it, I also think that the uh, carbonated hopped water is going to be a big thing mm-hmm. this year. Lagunitas has a really good bottle of I haven't tried it. I, I want to try that, and I... And I I noticed that uh, Brewery Fire in Carroll County, they just released one this week that looks phenomenal. And if it delivers on the hop character, I'm really excited about that. So it's Mm -hmm. non-alcoholic, just hopped water? Non-alcoholic carbonated water with uh, hops infused. And the the, the Lagunitas product is a great one. I made an alcoholic hop-infused whiskey with McClintock. Yeah, I heard about that. It's also that. Well, now you don't have to carry around (laughs) that flash that's been in your back pocket for three years. (laughs) Do you have a bottle? I do have a bottle. Well, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Lunchtime, baby. We don't have to drink from your warm butt flask. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Is Nick's band going to have a song called Butt Flask? Warm Butt Flask? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. That's the name of his Tending to the corpses needs needs a song called Warm Butt Flask. Chris's warm butt <laughs> flask. Where did this go? Why? Oh, it's hard. As hard as I've tried. Abby, we've, bring it back. You have a role here. We've it's gone right. off the rails several times already. Sorry. Um, what do you expect? All right. Keep this time. With me? This time we're Is going that you or to. The cat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This th- there would definitely never be a cat in this room. <laughs> hey, don't uh, knock cats, bro. I heard it too. Don't knock uh, cats, bro. I did hear it. Cats put places out of business. Uh, we'll be right back oh. after a quick sponsor break. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. <laughs> so Wait, 2019 was also a big year in the discussion of diversity, mm-hmm. which and I think it, it's been a topic for several years now, but I feel like it really, like addressing it really took off this year. Mm-hmm. Would, would you agree? Yeah, Ab- absolutely. We'll, we'll, ta- we'll let Abby talk on this one. <laughs> As the lady in Diverse. the room. Um, <laughs> I think uh, breweries are looking at diversifying their consumer base. And when you're even starting to have that conversation, it um, begs the next question to be, well, are you diversifying your staff and your bartenders and beer tenders, excuse me, and, and what does that look like? And, and how do we change 
you know, brewers are such a dynamic group and they're always looking at the newest, coolest thing. It's a growing industry where it's pretty easy to get a relatively good, safe, well-paying job. And how do we continue to bring in other people into that mix and make it approachable and available for them? You know, I think it's demonstrated when a, a brewery does a bad job at diversifying. I think we had some... Um, a brewery that came to light this year that did a very bad so we job. Had some big missteps. Bi- big missteps, and that's starting the conversation. Um, but I think we have a lot, a lot further to go with this conversation yeah. and 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 actionable items. So we do see diversity in every kind of aspect of the brewing process, from consumers to brewers to. And then, and sales looking people. at it, even like if you ignore the it's the right thing to do aspect of it, which is probably number one. Sure. But even number two, that is one way that the market as a whole is going to grow. Mm -hmm. If there's these entire demographics of people who aren't being reached, that's a lot of growth within the industry if you make your business welcoming to all walks of life. It's a better Mm. business choice Mm. this day and age. It hurts my head to think about the fact that you have to make a business decision to just welcome people into your place. Yeah. Like, why aren't you just proactively assuming that everybody in your town who is a neighbor of your business should be somebody that wants to hang out in your place? Sure. Well, I think I think most places and most people are that way. I mean, but I, the way I look at it is that Maybe you're not necessarily thinking that way so that you're not making an act of choice to hire people of different ethnicities, different sexes to make where you're at more welcoming to other groups of people. So, like for example, because I used to always be of the mindset of like, you know, why do we always try to cram things down people's throats <laughs> that maybe not everyone wants to go hang like maybe they just don't want craft beer mm-hmm. like but when i it was what's that i said that's not the case. Well, and so <laughs> well in one some, in some places it is the case there is a whole argument about the fact that craft beer has never been seen as accessible to members of certain communities in the country yeah um, and maybe that's because the people who were promoting it were just elbowing the buddy that looks like them that they spend most of their day with. Yeah. I mm-hmm. guess my point mm-hmm. is, is the breweries that I visit tend to be in places that have a lot of diversity. Frederick is fortunately a diverse place. You can go down to Richmond, Virginia, and there's mm-hmm. a huge density of breweries there. That's a diverse place. I was there this past weekend. And you still see a community that looks a lot like I do. You see yeah. white guys that are a little overweight with a beard and they want to sit around and drink beer all day and talk about it like they know everything about You're it. You're not allowed to represent us overweight people anymore. anymore. Well, I used to be, okay? <laughs> and according to Can this I thing, represent? my BMI still puts me in overweight, so I'm a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my point being that this is something that people are drinking, and we're sitting around talking about things around a table that I would talk about with anybody. So the beer itself is not the... That's not the thing bringing us together. It's the conversation. So why can't that just be something that's happening organically? So the, the last year, I interviewed the founder of Fresh Fest. 
Mm-hmm. And we went, by the way, and it was amazing. It's because Pittsburgh's awesome. Oh, it was one of the best festivals I've ever um, been to. So one of the things that Mike, well, a couple of things Mike Potter mentioned to me, like I just, I, I had never thought of. He's like, first, if you look at the the majority of uh, neighborhoods that African-Americans might grow up in, mm-hmm. if you walk into a liquor store that is in those communities there is no there's no craft beer mm. in there right. there right. are just huge displays of the national brands mm-hmm. to the just stereotypically uh, almost offensive <laughs> displays of 40s and mm-hmm. everything so so you're not going to be exposed to it there <clears throat> and then the other thing you point out is that in Pittsburgh which is not nearly as diverse as around here um as one problem i guess but he would say like anywhere any brewery he goes into most people aren't unwelcoming right. but when you go someplace you like to be everyone likes to be around people like them mm-hmm. but when he walks into a craft brewery he can look around mm-hmm. and not see anyone that's like him mm-hmm. none of the staff none of right. the patrons so there's it's just a self-fulfilling um situation where like they no one wants to go because they'll be the only one but if no one goes because you're the only one then so it's mm-hmm. almost something that maybe can't be done organically i mean it could but they're like there needs to yeah. be the effort of saying, hey, this is welcome. This is a welcoming environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would be very interested to see what... Now, this is going to come out in a way that doesn't necessarily sound representative because of the age of the brewery, <clears throat> but places where uh, you know people of color like Garrett Oliver in this industry mm-hmm. have laid a foundation and kind of built a brand from the bottom up what does their tasting rooms population look like? Is it diverse because you have somebody who doesn't represent what today's craft beer enthusiast looks like at the helm? Or is it still the same consumer that you see in all the tasting rooms across the country? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, the, well, I've only been to the Brooklyn Brewery once, and it was uh, nine, ten years ago, and it was just like every other craft brewery. But that was a much longer time ago, and there's much less focus on craft beer, so I don't know what it's like today. Road trip. I think we're very fortunate here in Maryland. We do have quite a bit of diversity, both in terms of gender and race. You know, we have some really great example of African Americans in the industry, uh, with Kevin Blodger taking the helm of mm-hmm. brewing everything over at Union. We've got uh, Joyhound Brewing opening uh, here in the state. Uh, we're really excited to see uh, the people that are coming into the industry and want to represent their background and their culture and share that with people because I think that that's truly going to be the next part of this story. Like, we can only get so far telling uh, the story of what all of us understand. It'd be great to see what all of us understand. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a ton of women in the industry. One of the things that I'm really excited about going into next year is working with some of our women breweries for a collaboration to celebrate February. Uh, that's our Maryland Craft Beer Lovers Month. 
we're working with a group of uh, female brewery owners and brewers to uh, promote a collaborative release celebrating uh, women's suffrage and the 100th year anniversary of that. But, man, we need, we need some, different, some different looking people in this industry on both sides of the can. We mm-hmm. need somebody beer, beer. to produce this beer that looks a little bit different and brings a different background, and we need somebody who's drinking it to really embrace it and, and make it part of their story too. And I wish I could uh, think of some of the examples. Um, where it's like, there's so many times where someone makes a huge misstep or says something stupid where if there would have just been someone different in that room, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently um, that doesn't happen when you name your printers after races. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that would. Louders. You know, you got to wonder well, if that, is that real? Oh, it's real. Would you well, they, really like? No, it's real. If I you just, if you want to like, be heard, you have to talk that. into a microphone, Keith. I don't need to be heard by the public. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. They don't want to hear from you anyway. I'm having a conversation with my friends now. <laughs> also, okay, so um, the company <laughs> and, and the company that makes Mid Atlantic Brewing News, the but the which it was the Great Lakes Brewing oh, News. Oh, that one, yeah. Like now, that was the publisher with his extremely misogynistic sexist uh, sex like mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. Ne- negative mm-hmm. connotation made to him like even if i was a garbage person who would write something like that there's no way i could get that in the print because the other person reading it is a woman yeah and would be, a checks and balance yeah system. it would be <laughs> so diversity from that standpoint should hopefully help if there's a garbage person <laughs> working for you from not sanitation engineer <laughs> yeah like a, right. like a, a like person who like literally, literally is garbage, is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh-huh. um or even to a lesser extent there was the brew bound issue where the yep. where the um criticizing um popular instagram beer accounts where the um saying that the only reason they're popular is because the women show their boobs and beers beer together oh yes Um, my favorite that's for instagram (laughs) podcast is not aired in a very long time so well it was killed indefinitely Uh um Mm -hmm. but like well sadly that that all came on the very beginning of a an episode that featured the president of the, or the, co- the vice president of the Brewers yeah. Association of Maryland, Julie Verratti, was on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, who is that? Was that was the intro that they played yes. without her knowing? Oh my god! Yeah, I talked mm. to her after that. It, uh, it, like, I think that's what because I mean, what they said was bad, but it wasn't as horrible as some of the just completely outlandish things they said. But like, I feel like that turned it up a notch on the bad scale for what they played it beforehand. And one of their excuses was that if you spend enough time in front of a mic, you're going to say something stupid. The first hundred plus episodes of this podcast, Mm. we streamed live. I managed to never say anything racist or Chris sexist. Chris has never said anything Amazing stupid. That. No, I said plenty <laughs> of stupid, yeah, I like stupid dro- stuff. I said plenty of stupid not, things. Not, I, dropped, uh, I dropped the publicly offensive at least a yeah. dozen times. So, but like in in the case of that one, mm-hmm. if there had been a, if there was a woman employed there involved with the production of that podcast, she probably would have said, 
hey guys Hard stop. This is a bad look. Hard stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. May, maybe you rethink how mm-hmm. you're going to phrase this mm-hmm. and One maybe just hope. stop thinking. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> just stop thinking. <laughs> and, so, you know, I mean, we're in a day with social media and the immediate um, backlash that a company can have yeah. when they post something like that. There is no stopgap between saying something stupid and and the backlash that's going to come from yeah, it's the consumer it's base. Instant, yeah. and, and you know, real quick when you made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could kill you instantly. Absolutely, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And it's, you know, I mean, people have to be aware that that is, that's how the conversation goes nowadays. So, yeah, take a minute. Take a step. It's the blessing and the curse of technology. Um, But I feel like well, that is one of the things that can help, like shit. diversity can help with because – and if you've if yeah. you've grown up very insulated, you may just be ignorant mm. to where the line of um, offensiveness is. Um, that doesn't excuse it, but having exposure to diversity teaches you and removes that sure. ignorance. Like what you thought was innocent is mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. okay. Well, I think the point that you just made about being on social media and having instant feedback is a blessing for people who are ignorant because it gives them the opportunity to see what acceptable really is because there are so many examples of it you know you can see unacceptable behavior all the time on social media but there's tons of really good acceptable behavior and it really paints a clear picture of what the world around you looks like Mm mm-hmm it may not be what you see in the aisle of Walmart, but it is what the world around you really looks like. Yeah. And then adding into like beyond just it being the right thing, diversity also bring, especially like in the production of beer, can bring in um, new innovation and in beers. New flavors, that, yeah, new conversations. That from Absolutely. cultures mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that Keith is the or John. As the designated Maryland Brewing Solutions, <laughs> the um, designated white men with beard brewers um, wouldn't bigger. wouldn't think of <laughs> making, but, right. but right. bringing in new cultures and, and what a strength that would be in this really interesting industry that we're Time all in. Yeah. Craft, like, yeah, yeah. And that so you you had mentioned Kevin Blodger. Um, mm-hmm. And if you go to Union, Union definitely has one of the most diverse crowds there. And I think location plays some of it. But a lot of the the Baltimore breweries are still also very white. But I think Kevin, being one of the faces of the brewery, helps um, them bring more diversity to their customers, too. I think that a brand like Union is able in their space uh, and with their their model of being a, a collective of what's going on, they have cemented themselves as a part of their community. Yeah. They're mm. they're more than just a brewery. They yeah, are yeah. a part of the community. Yeah. And yeah. everyone knows everyone is welcome. And right. it is a place that they have built as an experience since their old brewery location that you come there, you're going to have a good time, you're going to meet interesting people, and regardless of what you look like or how you were raised, You're going that to is a place welcomed. that somebody wants to be. Yeah. Uh, and if that's due to the fact that they have a diverse team there, if that's due to the fact that they've always embraced diversity as part of what they've been doing, 
I mean, all three of the owners have vastly unique backgrounds. Yeah. Um, they all have their own hobbies, their own mm-hmm. interests, but the brand itself embodies an interest that is truly about the city and truly about Maryland. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, they have a huge wall that says Craft Beer Unites. <laughs> and, yep. and it's the truth. Yep. You know, it's, it's a really, really cool thing. And I think that they have really set a good example for yeah. the rest of the breweries in the region to look at and say, well, if we want to be a brand that's known as being accessible to everyone in our community, that's how we should do it. Yeah. Um, so Abby, have you ever been someplace and felt like, I feel like it, at yes. least in I'm just going to answer. Yeah. Like, but I, I mansplain like, beer to Abby all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mans- uh, uh, <laughs> mansplain something. So, if it's I true. know anybody, I Abby would be the it. one to slash the That's smack baloney. you yes. right away. Yeah. That's baloney. I, I call him out on it. I, yeah, I, f- I feel like my youngest daughter Sloane is one of the worst mansplainers <laughs> because she drops a well actually at least once a day. Yes. Like someone says yes. something, and Sloane will be in the back seat. Well, well actually, sounds <laughs> like you should listen to Sloane. Sounds like you should listen. To I don't her. know. Most of what she says is not. <laughs> She's yeah. gonna be a smart. Um, she's a smart cookie. And I feel like in in um, <laughs> at least locally, and even mm-hmm. Maryland as a whole, um, Maryland's tap rooms are pretty diverse from a gender standpoint. Or yeah, how- uh, yeah, I think it's it's getting better. Yeah, um, I think I think we go back to the community base, right? It's your your local watering hole that you go yeah. to, and that does. Yeah, it's absolutely getting better. Because that's a like you don't walk in and just see a bunch of guys. It may be Sometimes. very white, yeah. but there's usually a lot of women also. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. So we've at least and I think addressed. that's a, just about every tasting room. Yeah. in this community. Yeah, you know, just just about everywhere that I've gone in Frederick, there has been <clears throat> a, a good representation of men and women. You know, and looking me. at our big beer festivals and what that looks like as people are coming in, I think, I think there can be something to said said for that as well um but by no means are we at the end of that path and yeah. we do have a, a lot further that we can go grow as an industry do you feel as a whole though maryland is in a good place and just improving or does it have a lot of work to do i th- i i think it has a lot of work to do i i, I think i think we are improving and i i want to give credit where credit is due but i think that there are leaps and bounds further that we can do and i certainly don't have the answers on how yeah. to get there but i i want to walk into a tasting room and not see people that look exactly like me that mm. then i will i will know that that we're there so we're, we're doing, go, heading in the right direction, but still have a lot of work to do. And I love that the conversation is happening much more often. Next year is the year of the woman. I think nationally the BA is having this conversation. So, you know, that that's great. That's, that's the first step into making sure that we are cultivating a community where people all feel welcome mm. to drink the beer. And I think it helps speak to like our community in Maryland that mm-hmm. there have been two members of the Maryland craft beer community on that team yep. in on the national brewers associations, diversity committee. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Kevin Blodger and Julie Verratti, yeah. who we've mentioned already, but yeah, they've both mm-hmm. worked towards diversity on the national level through the brewers association. It's incredible. 
And then we, oh, what else do we have <laughs> to talk about? Like, I feel like, like, it's such an important issue, but I feel like I've, like, we talk about it so much that, like, I don't, I don't have anything new. Uh, and it's some, it's a subject, like, I always feel weird talking about, because, like, I feel like I'm going to be accused of mansplaining things you or the, something. You are like, the white guy. Yeah, the bearded like the, white guy that yeah, drinks beer. Yeah, I'm the bearded <laughs> white guy, like, what? <laughs> Does anyone really want to hear me talk about? <laughs> but just providing people with a platform yeah. to to be able to have that conversation is important. And it's important to note that people that look like you and I, Chris, are acknowledging the fact that we're going places that are absent of diversity yeah. at some point. You know, We're aware of that. People that are involved in the industry that we're sitting next to, John and Keith, can both look around and probably admit, hey, go to a lot more breweries that have people that look like me sitting there and people that don't look like me. And the fact that we are cognizant of that, I think, is the step forward. And now the question is, what do we do to make sure that people that don't necessarily look like the craft beer consumer, in air quotes, is engaged? And how do we bring them in and let them help us tell the story of what beer can be? So, mm-hmm. Keith, a question for you. Yes. Um, one of the – yeah, that was a great, mm-hmm. great point, Jim. Yeah. Probably one of the smartest things said so far today. That Jim <laughs> has ever said what? No, just – well, okay, maybe ever, but I, w- Explained it. I wasn't going to be. <laughs> um, one Actually. of the things that's pointed to – You're a natural, as I just said? Actually. Oh, I'm a natural. <laughs> I'm a natural. No. Let me tell you something, guys. <laughs> so one uh, one of the things pointed – to is the um staffing at craft breweries yeah so when uh, when you have open positions do you get a diverse group of people applying for them or is it your typical what your typical uh What's the politically correct or term? Just, for, yeah. Because I, or would I you just don't say, understand hey, bartender isn't the no, right I mean, term. <clears throat> beer tender? There, I'll just, I'll just keep craft, it. I'll just craft keep, brewery employee. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll keep it simple. The, the answer to that question is no. We don't get a diverse application yeah. pool. Um, bartenders and, and sellermen and, and brewers, they all, at least the applications that have come through our establishment, and I don't know whether that's something that um, – people are seeing in our culture our brand culture or whatever but there there really is there's kind of a sort of range of age and and uh and gender and and things that you hit and i i don't know i mean i'd probably say that local establishments have the same application applicants i mean what about the front of the house applicants? same yeah same, same. yeah um yeah I've, I've had this conversation with with a couple of different uh customers and, and patrons and it's it's certainly an interesting thing i mean you 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 definitely want to be as diverse and, and open to everybody as you can um so how do you portray that without seeming like uh like it's a scheme because it's yeah. it, you know it's never a oh, scheme yeah. but it's like oh does it come you know. out looking like <clears throat> i'm just trying like fake. to look yeah yeah so i don't know it, it's it's a tough thing and uh you know i i haven't hummed in on uh, much of this conversation because I'm probably a little more ignorant to those sorts of things. But, you know, I'm all, I'm, I've always been a person that has been friends with a lot of different people and have done a lot of different things. But in terms of, of steering a brand toward being open to uh, whatever, 
you know, you, you're not you're not like you're not driving a brand toward one thing and and steering it, you know, to be to be a closed lane, but it just it's not is what it is because there's always room for improvement. But we've never not tried to to brand and and promote you know an open community in the space. And when you see a certain demographic always come in and not the other, you you're just I don't know. Yeah, I th- it's an interesting thing. Like, you know, where where are jobs posting happening? Are you just mm. sending out through your Instagram followers? Social, yeah, social, social media. media. Right, right, right. So, you know, I mean, I think that that can also <clears throat> be part of this communication. You know, if you want to diversify, we well, yeah, so like, where, where could you post? What avenues do yeah, you hit? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like uh, last week, I was at a presentation for the Frederick County Sheriff's Department, and they were asked about how they address having the diversity in their ranks and the HR person there. So one thing that they make sure that all of the local minority groups have been like any kind of, um, organized group. Mm -hmm. They, they Mm -hmm. make them aware of when they're doing hiring and have job openings. Yeah. So that they'll disseminate to their followers mm-hmm. or people that mm-hmm. are members of their groups to mm-hmm. to advertise them. That's a tool, right? Yeah. That's that's a great tool that they found that works for them. You know, if we can bring some of those into what we're doing in the, the hiring conversation, then I think we're you know that's ticking that one box. Yeah, because if not, it's kind of like just an echo chamber. Totally, sure. yeah, you're not totally. bringing in new people. Sure. It's just the same people who are totally. already there. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and. I, I think maybe like you you were touching on earlier, it's definitely not a quick thing. It's gonna take a little bit of a little bit of time to yeah. get to get the just the culture rolling, I guess. You do run the risk of looking inauthentic to Keith's yeah. point before if you go yeah. out of your way yeah. to, yeah. to 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 not out of your way, but if you if you make an it effort looks like to placating. make it exclusive mm-hmm. yeah. an exclusive yeah. Uh, an exclusive way to embrace people that aren't already part of your consumer base looks a little inorganic. Inorganic. Mm-hmm. It, it looks inauthentic. Mm-hmm. It looks unreal, mm-hmm. and it's not. That's not a good thing either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, like um, I, a conference I went to that had a panel of um brewery owners, some representatives from the Brewers Association, talking about diversity. One of the things they gave as an example, like of coming off non-authentic is you can't just have a insert stereotypically liked by this ethnic group night at a right. brewery. Right, right, right. right. That, right. That's not going right. to work. That's yeah. not an authentic right. way of trying to be inclusive. <laughs> That's more of a trying to cash in on. Yeah, it's a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a gimmick. It, yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a cash in. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not what it's supposed to be. In the last year at BAM, we've been working with uh, some some non-white beer influencers, and the diversity that we're seeing engaging with social media posts and uh, the work that they've done. Shout out to Hobby Black Chick and uh, Tamara Holland. They've both done great jobs for us, but they do really good work. They they show what's going on with the industry and show that there is diversity and that there is a diverse culture out there looking for what Maryland brewers are doing. Mm. And her husband will talk to you about pirates forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's a <laughs> he's a his, he's a he's a yeah. history professor um, at Mount St. Mary's. Well, and let's sit down at Old Mother and have a of, pirate pint. He's he's <laughs> completely because I told him I just want to talk to him about pirates while drinking beer, and he was completely down for it. Hey. <laughs> that sounds like an uncapped episode waiting to happen. There you go. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I should just make that an episode. That's okay. Well, because in the short amount of time I talked to him about pirates, he have, gave me all kinds of awesome information. Who's, who's going to who's we don't, gonna we don't go. have pirates on this on this panel? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> you Nick, Nick's actually, Nick's going to well, be close. Well, actually, within the next 10 years, okay, he already had a knee surgery. He said, you know, if my other knee needs to be operated on, I'm just gonna cut it off and get a get a wooden leg. No, he just needs and a, a boat. pirate or a huh? Um, no, he just needs leg. a boat. No. We got one. No. We got one. Parrot. We went, this was our last podcast. Where did we go? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't Finksburg. I thought it was Finksburg. <laughs> no, and then, then he, we were talking about Fuddlesburg with the Peanut <laughs> River, <laughs> the Peanut Butter River. <laughs> no, we have a we have a canoe. We have a canoe. Nick's got a boat. This is that's all right, John. I'll weird. fill you in. I'll fill yeah. you in. I'll need help later. <laughs> Let me. Can I have the kitty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some nuggets? And yeah, that's right. Discuss this um, over yeah, beers this at Old going, Mother. Yeah. So, Jim, you you're the one that uh, mentioned wanting to look into the crystal ball. What do you see? All right. So, are we looking into the crystal ball of beer in general? Yeah. Okay. Industry in general. No, beer for styles. international affairs concerning the Boris Johnson. I want to take your yeah. host position away from you. <laughs> we will build a moat. But first, build, my friend. Build the moat. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I thought you were showing me something. She's just taking pictures. Snapping selfies. <laughs> snapping snaps. I don't know. For 2020, I think that uh, I think that growth is still on the horizon. I know that beer consumption throughout the country is down a little bit. Alcohol consumption overall is down. Uh, it seems like wineries and uh, craft distilleries are really starting to garner a lot more uh, share from breweries, especially folks that are making canned wines and canned cocktails. This uh, ease of consumption uh, with some of these products is really making it convenient and attractive for people to try new stuff. But I think that breweries will continue to open throughout the country. I think Maryland is going to see more great breweries open. Uh, and I really do hope that what we were just talking about, this diversity piece, I, I hope to see that it's going to flush itself out a little bit more and we'll see a much more uh, broad industry in terms of demographics and output. Do you think that um, that the hype beer releases line life is going to, or do you think it has started to subside? And do you think that that trend is going to continue to die? That trend What's that? So What's that? Can't, that what are you talking about? Line life. Line life, line baby. Life. You, stand, line life. you stand in, t in, in line, line for, oh. for a new beer for hours and hours and hours. I have never stood in a line for beer. No. But people, people would. stupid. Somebody think, will message. Somebody skip to the front. No, that's not true. That's not true. It's, I've I seen it. No, I just don't wait in beer. I don't wait in lines for beer. I do wait in line for whiskey. Hey. Mm, <laughs> see, everyone has their niche. But I, don't I, know, I, I did get jumped to the front. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know that the line life is going to go anywhere yet. I think that there's the, a whole culture behind that. Th- there, yeah. There's oh, like yeah. a subculture hanging of hanging out and sharing. And they, yeah, they all just hang out, bring beers together, chill. And that's kind of a cool community thing. And but... maybe we don't touch on the fact that it's probably illegal to be just drinking oh, beer out totally in public. Illegal. Well, we don't got to touch it. Well, yeah, we don't got to. Go I'm not going to say it's illegal. Yeah. I'm not touching what? on that. It's illegal. That's what koozies are totally for. Totally. But hey, they're happy. I'm not standing in line for a beer. What I do find interesting is that there is now an awareness from some breweries about what's going on in the the gray or black market with regard to their beer and some breweries Mm. are very keen to find out where that beer is ending up um you know it's one thing i I come from a background in a brewery and understanding the desire to maintain a chain of custody for your brand Mm -hmm. and i'm sure keith and john are both acutely aware of this i know abby is quality control um you Mm -hmm. want Mm -hmm. to be able to ensure that the beer that somebody is drinking that has your label on it is as good as it was the day you put it out of your cellar Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on services like Tavor? what is that is that a beer delivery service not in maryland anymore yeah it's not legal well was it not legal in maryland or they just got yeah it's never it was never legal to ship beer into maryland Yeast samples. Yeah. So <laughs> done that. <before>. Guilty. <laughs> I think a service like that is Guilty. different because it's a retailer. Yeah, well, but and if, the and the brewery enters line into, man. Uh, but if you're going on to Reddit <laughs> and you're in the beer trade subreddit, yeah. and all of a sudden you know you're sending beer across the country, I don't know when you bought that beer. I don't know when the beer was purchased, yeah. when it was uh, packaged, when it was stored appropriately, and when it wasn't. Is and this a good time to tell you all that Treehouse was pretty old? Yeah, like September. Still yeah. tasted fantastic. Yeah, it still tasted <laughs> Because great. it was kept cold, just it's like the top of the well, yeah, it, yeah. straight, it did go straight into the refrigerator uh-huh. in my office. But I guess my point is not knowing the chain of custody is the biggest concern. Yeah. And I think that the black and gray market is something that is going to have an impact on breweries when they go in and they mm-hmm. look at Untapped or they look at you know their reviews <gasps> on Beer Advocate. <laughs> Hey, like it or not, somebody's <laughs> buying beer based on it. You go to local retailers yeah, around totally. here, they're only selling stuff just, that gets four stars or more. It Year, seems Years ago, if I, it if seems I, was, ridiculous if to I me. was at the yeah. store trying to pick out a beer, and I, had, like, I have no idea what any of these beers you are. You were that guy. I, was, I used to be that guy. I would look on top and say, like, this was only got <clears> one star. I'm not going to buy this bad one. But if you want the style... But, I don't care anymore. Take now a stab I'm just like, at it. I'm, exactly. Yeah. Now I'll just take whatever I, I want. I mean, the the day of uh, mix and match six packs, you know, you pick up a can for two or three bucks. Mm-hmm. It's worth try a try. It. Yeah. Totally. Sure. Totally. Try Man. everything. Try everything. Have you ever everything. been personally reviewed on Untapped? Like Keith? Like the like, name Keith like, in a review? Oh, Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Danger, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked on Untapped in um, three years. Yeah. I'm Do you tired. read your Yelp reviews, though? Uh, occasionally, that but you know that that becomes at least for a brewery owner, but or like like an owner like a brand owner that that becomes a slippery slope to losing sleep and mm. I mean listen you got people that have opinions about everything and some yeah. are good some are not good some are out of left field and you're like somebody's reviewing a barley wine when it's a blonde ale you're like what is happening right now <laughs> or you know we get we get the occasional beer check in for a beer that we haven't brewed in four years oh, yeah. and i'm funny. like well that was either a fat finger that goes back to your or somebody control. like so somebody i'm convinced california's brewing a beer with that same name or yeah. it's just someone i'm, I'm convinced of, i'm convinced that people that are obsessed with untap or any app for that I'll just, just that in app, where you get stuff. medals or where you get yeah. like a different oh, yeah. level they're like well, every beer I've ever had. F it. 
I'm just gonna start punching in stuff because I want this metal on my fake like my app because that solidifies something. I don't know. I I have a I have a pretty serious vendetta against unreliable beer reviews. Yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Makes sense. Like you know, (laughs) a one star beer. This is not my style. Yeah. Well, then why did you get it in a flight? Yeah. I hate Blech. stouts. Like, hops. Ugh. Yeah, I hate stouts. Super bitter. Well, there you, you go. That fits that the style, my friend. Yeah, but once just, again, <laughs> yeah. have you ever been attacked personally? I am glad I opened this can of worms. Um, oh, you I, know what? I no, no, later, I don't man. think I have. I will attack you but I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to Google Keith untapped bad. Well, I don't. I don't think that. Let's look that up right now. Chris well, didn't have to go that far. He's already oh, got wait. his name. Oh, wait. Oh, do you already have one? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, you're holding your phone up. I like just you got think it. I'm the only one in this room that has been criticized. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to look far. In let's talk. Uh, let's talk yeah. about that asshole. Can you? Can you yeah. read that out loud? Yeah, because I think Abby, you're the only one that has. It, it's um, that hasn't. Abby you're the it. only person I haven't probably complained about or shown this to no i'm um, interested to hear yeah let me so see. it's dave g oh that guy um mm-hmm. yeah freaking mm-hmm. dave mm-hmm. i love that guy um, he um he got some beach drink oh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and familiar he gave it uh he did. i didn't screen no. oh what what are you two doing <laughs> i thought i pulled away from the mic enough <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret say? what I just said. What did you say? Uh, nothing. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not like I can't just go back and listen to it. <laughs> I thought you couldn't hear it. And Dave will One, do it, too. Jim said we could. Continue. Okay. All right, um, Dave. I don't what remember do how many um, stars he gave it. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Quarter. But the... the, the, the <laughs> The, but the the stars are what drive untapped. The, I was um, say, probably not a lot. Aren't they bottle caps? <laughs> are they bottle? All right, Abby. So <laughs> the review that this guy left for um, oh yes, for um uh, for beach drink mm-hmm. says pretty good. The strawberry didn't really pop out as much as the lemonade did. The dude on the front of the can has never been laid. Oh. <laughs> Make sure there's there's two children in evidence of that. They're adopted. (laughs) Adopted. Oh my god. Well, since we reviewed the footage while we were on break, the back away comment that I thought was not (laughs) heard was heard, and I stand by it 100. percent Was it heard? I do too. It was heard. Oh no, no, it's it's clear, crystal clear. I don't even know the guy, but I'll back you. So crystal. Why? My first. Well, so because I'm petty. Um, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, whoa, you did. Whoa, you did, did write back happen? to this guy, right? I well, so first, oh, did you really? Well, first I found out everything about him <laughs> because you can on the internet. Stalking. <laughs> um, a thing. People don't know what Chris does for real life work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I found out a lot about online heckler. And he, <laughs> he, um, he. I think he might have a rough life. Mm. Mm. Um, White guy, and, beard. Drinks a lot of beer. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. So I found his. I found his <laughs> Instagram account. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, f- I found his Instagram account and I posted a screenshot of the review, and I tagged him, and just put both of my children think you should be more constructive with your criticism. Yeah. But I, I eventually took it down because just out of fear. Boo. Yeah, but you should have like told you, him to buy a bus tour it. operation. 
a bus mm. tour operator. <laughs> <laughs> and and he um I like no, I just worry like it pro- nothing probably would have happened, but I just worry that there's nothing wrong with sticking you, up for yourself. But no, no but like that's not the part I was worried about. My like cuz you'll see something like people will post things and then people that follow them will that like the like the pal on thing. Yeah. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want anyone going after it, like Oh, sure. Right. Like Oh, the, that happened with us. Chris so, was worried about his legions oh, of really? fans. No, but I and, and I don't Both think that them? for a second that I have legions of fans or anything. <clears throat> but my account has a decent following right. and I just didn't want Anyone to get the well, idea smart. that they should very go. Very mature yeah, of it, you. That's yeah. actually that's smart. Yeah, that's really healthy. Yeah. So I will tell you, one time when we were in our original space, it was a Friday night. Somebody left a, it's always a Friday night. one star review on Facebook. Mm. Terrible experience. Six paragraph review. <gasps> nice. And what this was a person County? that worked in Frederick County industry. Oh, no. so and in there the was beer also industry or just the uh no, it was the wine industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. There was another person sitting at the bar that was in the beer industry that knew, I guess, the boss or whoever. However, make a long story short, somebody left a six-paragraph review on Facebook. Was it accurate? Bad. No, it wasn't accurate. It smells like And we had our patrons. Somebody got a hold. Somebody let people know. Oh, your people will definitely That there was a bad review or whatever. Watch it. So... I was I actually was not on that weekend. So I wasn't there. I was like doing my own thing. Forty two pages. Oh wow. Oh a bad review for that winery. And ba- no, no, oh. no. This one person left a review and there was forty two pages of comments under that one review. Wow. Where the the reviewer was battling back and forth with people. I mean it got uh, so where what, so was crazy. Facebook? It was on Facebook. Is it still there? No, so Did they, uh, they I, I so so at some point in time, like maybe like mid Saturday or something like that, somebody was like, shut me a text. Hey, have you seen this review Can you on send your me Facebook the screenshots? Page? I'm positive. I don't have, have the screenshots, oh. but I know somebody who does. Yes. Send it. So I want to read them. I was like, uh, I don't know anything about this, so I read a couple pages and I'm like, oh man, this shit's getting deep. <laughs> so it it came to something where somebody was getting like really offended and then there was other people texting me like hey i'm getting private messages now Ooh. and oh. threats and i'm like okay no. yeah, so sunday much. morning i was like i'm publicly gonna go on the facebook thing as old mother and just say guys like just like quit this uh, you know bad review yeah. whatever else thank you for your support and it was gone mm. oh they deleted so it. through yeah so th- the original poster deleted the review so through some Workings. There are some some screenshots of this uh, this interaction, but man, it's crazy. Some so people I can... didn't I didn't truly think and like that would happen in this case, but I didn't. Mm, I don't want... know. You have you have a lot of I, you have a lot of supporters. I didn't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Sure. I tagged him. I left it up long enough for him to know that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that had happened, and then I deleted it. I, well, I would say that certainly with untapped and like bad reviews here and there, like they just kind of go unnoticed, but. Mm-hmm. That one instance got the only a little out of I, hand. The only reason I noticed that literally was because someone had emailed me about something else, and it was like, "Hey, how's the release of Beach Drink going?" And I would, so I just logged in to see like what what um, its average was, and that was the top review. Of I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I brought a four pack that to my brother up in Scranton. He absolutely loved it. <laughs> he doesn't know tap things. So though, he's so. not Dave. No. <laughs> not Dave. No, his name is Matthew. Does he make he's paper? Awesome. And he works at Dunder Mifflin, yeah. He does, actually. All right. Not. I think um, we've probably rambled on long enough. Um, John, we will do a. Uh, we have to cheers one more day. time, though. Because I'll tell you, Chris, when you invited me on this podcast, I thought it was just John. And, John, I love you. I love we would have had a great conversation, but Abby and Jim, who come from the from the local industry and have gone on to the state level to do great things, it's good chatting with you guys. Love you all very much. Same. Merry Christmas. Thank Happy holidays. Guys. So, John, great we will day. do in the future an actual episode about the Maryland Brewing Solutions. Totally. That we, I'm okay. Um, do it another day. It's all good. Uh, Let's go get some whiskey and some chicken nuggets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Does McDonald's uh, sell both? Mm. Yes. Uh, the one like a whiskey in my car, but we got chicken nuggets. Okay, there. all right. Um, yeah, can you guys please let me finish this? Yes. God, <laughs> you're so needy. Focus. Thank all of you for uh, coming in and spending the last uh, two Three, and a half hours three with hours. me. Uh, <laughs> Not a bad day at work. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. The Cheers. Guy on the can can't even finish a sentence. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Love y'all. <laughs> The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.